Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. This week, we'll be discussing the largest marsupial species in the world. These are well-known animals, but they have a lot of characteristics and behaviors that you probably didn't know about. They're also known for their kickboxing skills. So let's hop on over to the Australian Outback to talk about kangaroos. The scientific name for kangaroos are Macropodidae, and they're the world's largest marsupials. Marsupials are mammals that develop their young in a pouch. Their pouch is like a secondary womb, and kangaroo babies are also known as joeys. They develop from small fetuses until they're too large to fit inside the pouch. Only female kangaroos have a pouch because there's no child-rearing or milk-producing in males. The closest living relatives to kangaroos include wallabies, quokkas, and patamelons. All of these animals are larger marsupials. One marsupial that you might be familiar with here in the U.S. is the possum, and that's actually the only marsupial that's found in North America. 70% of the world's marsupials are found in Australia. And kangaroos can reach a height of around 3 to 8 feet tall. They can also weigh up to 200 pounds, but most kangaroos typically weigh between 100 and 150 pounds. Males usually weigh more than the females and are typically a foot taller than their female counterparts. There are four main species of kangaroo, all of which are only found in Australia and the islands around the continent. The species are the red kangaroo, eastern grey kangaroo, western grey kangaroo, and the antilopine kangaroo. The red kangaroo is the most abundant species, living in most arid areas of Australia and it's most likely the type of kangaroo that you're picturing in your head. The eastern and western grey kangaroos are found on opposite sides of the continent, with eastern greys living on the Tasmanian island as well. Red kangaroos are also the largest species of kangaroo, having much longer and larger body frames. There is another species of kangaroo called the tree kangaroo, and they only live in the far north of Australia, Papua New Guinea, and Indonesia but they're really not classified as true kangaroos. This species evolved to live high up in trees where they develop shorter legs, strong forearms, and a flexible tail. The tree kangaroo looks like a cross between a lemur and a kangaroo, and they weren't discovered until 1923 after having been said to have vanished for almost 100 years. And the black wallaroo is another animal that's very closely related to kangaroos. It looks like a long-haired, very dark, brown, or black kangaroo, but it's also not considered to be a true kangaroo. Kangaroos can live in a wide array of habitats, from grasslands to savannas to shrublands and even forests. 
Male kangaroos are called boomers and females are called does. And some of the first things you notice when you look at a kangaroo are its huge legs and feet. It also has short forearms and a long tail. They're the only large animal that uses hopping as their main locomotion. And kangaroos on average can hop at around 35 miles per hour. And the red kangaroo can reach the highest speed of about 45 miles per hour. It's been estimated that a kangaroo can cover 15 feet in a single hop. They've also been found to use their huge tail as an extra leg to help them hop. And there's a myth going around that kangaroos got their name because a European explorer thought an aborigine was telling him the name of a kangaroo, but he was really saying, I don't know. And this is actually not a true story. The name kangaroo is derived from the word gangaroo, which is the name that an aboriginal tribe gave to the eastern gray kangaroos. Okay, let's take our first break. And when we get back, we'll learn about kangaroo eating habits. There are two science words that I want to talk to you about today. Biotic and abiotic. Biotic means living and abiotic means non-living. There are both biotic and abiotic factors in an ecosystem. Examples of biotic factors would be fish or insects. And examples of some abiotic factors would be water, sunlight, and weather. Okay, welcome back. Kangaroos are herbivores meaning that they only feed on different types of plants, roots, and fruits that they can find. Their diet depends on the species and the location that they're in. Some kangaroos eat different fungi and mosses that they're able to find, usually in forests. And they have a pretty weird way of eating, where they first chew and swallow their food, and then regurgitate it out before eating it again to be finally digested. This is called rumination. Kangaroos have chambered stomachs similar to cows, which also ruminate. They also have specialized teeth that break down grasses and shrubs and grind them to be easily digested in their stomach. Their front teeth are also really good at pulling plants out of the ground. Some of the food that they eat gets transferred to the joey in a female's pouch. In Australia, there are places that don't get a lot of water, so kangaroos have adapted to be able to go long periods of time without drinking. They gain most of their water from the vegetation and plants that they feed on. If they're incredibly desperate for water, though, kangaroos dig straight down into the ground in search for underground water. But they still do need actual water every once in a while. And because of this, kangaroo populations in the wild have become dependent on precipitation rates in Australia. Some can die from dehydration, and their populations fluctuate because they don't give birth when there's a severe drought. Even though Australia is thought of as a place filled with dangerous animals, kangaroos don't have too many predators. But the animals that might try to eat them include dingoes, eagles, and foxes that will really only go after their young. And they used to be preyed on by Tasmanian tigers until they went extinct. And this extinction was caused because we overhunted them and took away their habitat. Tasmanian tigers were also marsupials that had the body structure of a medium-sized dog with a yellow-brown body and dark, tiger-like stripes on its lower back. They were really amazing animals, and it's a shame that we drove them to extinction. But if they aren't hunted by prey, 
kangaroos usually live from 8 to 23 years old. A female kangaroo has one joey every year, and the gestation period for a kangaroo is only one month. The human gestation period is nine months. They're also able to keep extra embryos in their pouch until their first joey leaves the pouch for good. The embryos are in a dormant state, but they're able to be used if their young don't develop in time or survive. When a doe is raising a joey in her pouch, she's able to produce two types of milk to support them. One of the milks is used for when the joey is a newborn, and the other one is for when the joey is more mature. The kangaroo pouch, which is called a marsupium, is where the joey is raised and protected throughout the first part of its life. They receive their essential nutrients from their mother from inside the pouch, where the mother can transfer milk from her mammary glands. A joey stays in its mother's pouch for about 120 to 400 days, depending on the species. It also depends on the individual, because some joeys are ready to leave the pouch sooner than others. And after the joey leaves the pouch for good, it still continues to feed from the mother through the pouch for a year and a half. Something really interesting is that a doe is actually able to enter heat after giving birth, so she's able to become pregnant while a young joey is still in her pouch. The development of the newborn is all dependent on the amount of hormones that the doe sends to the joey while developing. If she wants the newborn to develop more quickly, she'll send more hormones. Kangaroos are very social animals, and groups of them together are called mobs. Mobs can range from just a few kangaroos to hundreds of individuals. Building strong bonds with one another is crucial to their survival in the group. When building relationships with other kangaroos, they engage in nose-touching, sniffing, and small communication to build trust and cohesion within the mob. Each mob has a dominant male who leads the entire group, and he gets to mate with all the females in the mob. To establish dominance, the male kangaroos box each other to establish the hierarchy. When kangaroos box, they use their shortened arms, but when they need to defend themselves, they use their powerful feet to kick. A kangaroo's kick can generate over 750 pounds of force, which can easily break your bones. They also tend to lean back on their tails to give them more power. Now, let's take our last break, but when we get back, we'll talk about some kangaroo behaviors. Let's see if you can get today's trivia question. How long can scorpions hold their breath? A, six days, B, two weeks, C, one day, D, 12 hours. The answer is A, six days. Okay, we're back. Kangaroos are much more active at night and in the early morning, and you can usually see them napping during the day, but they're not classified as fully nocturnal. And they have some cool adaptations to help them at night. They've evolved to have enhanced eyesight in the dark, 
and they also have a very heightened sense of smell and are able to smell predators and watering holes from miles away. While there is limited water supply in many of the areas that kangaroos live in, they're also excellent swimmers. They use their tails and their feet to keep afloat. And normally, they'll only have to swim when escaping from predators. And due to the way that their bodies are structured, they're not able to move backwards. This feature has been used as a symbol for the Australian Commonwealth. Because it can only move forwards, it's a symbol for national progress. When kangaroos feel threatened, they'll hiss and growl at a predator. And they also communicate with each other using different noises. Males communicate by making chuckles towards females and other males, while females are able to click when communicating. If a kangaroo senses danger, it bangs its feet on the ground to alert the other individuals in the mob. They'll either rally together to fight the predator or run away. Many animals like cheetahs are focused on speed, but they're only able to run for a small amount of time before they have to stop. But kangaroos are built for stamina. They can still hop at high speeds, but they can do it for a long time so that they can outrun their predators. Kangaroos, like most animals, are extremely important to the ecosystems that they live in. They have large feet and a tail that drags along the ground, and this actually helps to move and aerate the soil. They're also great seed dispersers. When they eat fruits, they can drop the seeds, which helps them spread around the area. Kangaroo feces and urine has also been studied and shown to have many benefits to the soil. It helps to keep the soil fertile and has a lot of important nutrients that plants need to grow. The symbol of the kangaroo is very popular among Australian organizations and institutions, as well as for the Aboriginal tribes in Australia who have been utilizing and worshipping kangaroos for centuries. Humans are the largest threat to kangaroos by far because they have a huge impact on the environment, they also hunt, and they destroy kangaroo habitats. Most kangaroo species are not at risk of extinction, but increasing human impacts are bringing them closer to being vulnerable. Hunting and land competition has limited the amount of resources that they have available to them. Humans have been using kangaroos for food, clothing, and shelter for many years. And they're even considered to be pests for some people because they've been driven out of their natural habitats into places where humans live. Farmers are not fans of them because they'll eat the crops. So they still really need our help. Here are some organizations that you can look at that are actively working to help kangaroos. The Kangaroo Sanctuary, the International Kangaroo Protection Alliance, and the Australian Society for Kangaroos. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of kangaroos. You can find the sources that we use for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at onwildlife.org. You can also email us with any questions at onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at on underscore wildlife or on TikTok at onwildlife. And don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another awesome episode. And that's On Wildlife. You've been listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray. On Wildlife provides general educational information on various topics as a public service, which should not be construed as professional, financial, real estate, tax, or legal advice. These are our personal opinions only. Please refer to our full disclaimer policy on our website for full details. 